Hi everyone, it's Bert from Season Gaming and welcome to this week's BitCast. We're at BitCast 35 and I'm joined as usual by Ains and Dan. We're gonna continue our format like we did last week where it's kind of our new format where we're mainly gonna focus on news that's happened this week. We've got a little fun game we're gonna tail end at the very end called Name That Game and we're gonna be announcing a fun new show that is coming your way within the next week. So let's kick off our news. We had kind of a busy news week, a kind of a bigger news article that I think we should probably just start out with. and. Ains, why don't you talk about Sony not coming to E3 this year? Yeah, um, <laughs> don't even know where to start on this one. Um, there's been so much conversation about this over the past two days. Uh, obviously, it brought all of the idiots and the fanboys and what have you out uh, in both sides. But uh, this is really interesting, and it's kind of sad. So I will say... On the pro Sony side, or the people who are looking at Sony, they're kind of saying that it allows Sony to hold the conversation on their terms. They can talk about PS5 at a special event next year. Um, <clears throat> with the rumor, of course, that the new systems are still coming in 2020. Uh, and it, it gives Sony back the power, and they save the time and the effort of going to E3. And on the you know non-Sony side, people are saying, well, you know, E3 is the biggest show. It's where everything debuts. It's not going to be the same, and blah, blah, blah. So my personal thoughts are that... Um, it is a shame, and it's a shame not really because that E3 may go away in the coming years or what have you, or that we need E3, right? We don't need E3. But why it's a shame is because, you know, after going this year, there are tens and tens of thousands of fans now that go to E3 uh, for the past couple of years. And when you go there, um, people like us who actually, um, you know, are, I would dare say, not idiots. Um, and we play everything and love everything, um, Sony's not going to be there and PlayStation's not going to be there. And that's a shame because we loved our time at E3. We went to Xbox, Sony, Nintendo, and all the publisher booths, and we had a great time, you know, seeing it all. So I think, you know, Sony has said, well, we're going to do a fan event uh, next year. And well, that's great, but let's be honest. N the same people that go to E3 are not going to be going to a singular fan event in, in a specified location, right? So... It's just not the same. That's all I'm going to say. Um, it is disappointing. We'll see what they come up with. I'm still super pumped about PlayStation 5, of course. Um, but uh, it is disappointing. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. You know, it's definitely disappointing. But at the same time, I don't think Sony probably needs to do it. I kind of equate this to, like, you know, the NFL where you're going into the playoffs and that team that's doing so well has that bye week, that first round. But that can go, you know, a couple different ways. You know, normally, you know, they get a little bit more rest. They can kind of do it on their terms, and they're bringing the <clears throat> they're actually bringing that other team over and uh, get that home game, and they can do it wherever they want to, you know, and you know, do whatever they want. But at the same time, sometimes you get a little lackadaisical when you get that lead, you know, and uh, it could come back and bite you in the ass. Basically, it, it feels like that again, doesn't yeah, it? It feels right. like PlayStation two days again, where Sony's like, we've got this monstrous lead. We're the number one and we're going to do what we want. And it's like, God damn it. Like, can we just focus on the fans again? Um, right. Exactly. I think I think that's I, I, I can't tell you what's going to happen. I know that this isn't going to hurt them in, in the long run. You know, I know everybody <laughs> I saw there that, that, that their stock dropped like a certain amount of like. You know who cares? I don't own any Sony stock anyway. But then it, you know, basically recovered. You know, yeah. shortly after that. So it, it's it's they're doing their thing, and they're gonna. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. You know, if they come out and just say, "Hey, this is what we got," and they just drop some bombs, 
you know, it, it it doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it, it sucks for the fans that get to go to E3. I really, really wanted to go this year, and I'm probably still going to try to make it. But, you know, damn, man. Damn, Sony. There'll be a big Fortnite booth for you. Oh, well, if that's the case, I'm definitely going <laughs> to. Yeah, my biggest thing, and I'll be really quick here, is um, I've seen numerous media outlets now say, E3 is dying. There's no reason for them to get there. And the thing that's kind of bothered me about that is E3 is not dying at all. It's just changing format to where it's not solely focused on media anymore. And media is either, you know, complaining about that or, you know, making excuses for that. But E3 had like record attendance last year from the general public. Gamescom, I believe, had record, um, you know, attendance. TGS had record attendance now that they're opening it up more to the public. And if you're, you know, going into this cruise control mode and now you have more fans that can see your booth or play your games, to me, that's a very interesting concept of it um, to where they're... And what, the other thing I'm hearing that's the other side of it is, is technology is changing. So now they can simply, you know, talk to people easier for, with a, you know, online thing that they can do, a PSS experience thing. I don't know. I just think it's very interesting. We'll see what happens. I, you know, one, one more thing. I think, yeah. you know, it's going to kind of bite them in the ass a little bit with the third parties because they're not going to be able to showcase those third party titles at this big event. And I'm not sure how that's going to work out for them, but we'll kind of see in the long run. Yeah. This year, uh, this past year at E3, the biggest boots that they had there was Spider-Man, obviously uh, destiny Two surprisingly had a big presence in the Sony booth and they spent a ton of time on VR. So um, and black ops. yeah. And black ops. So we'll see how that, kind of works out and keep in mind those are not all first party games so for them to say that our first party stuff is kind of in a cruise control thing is weird because they spent so much time on third party stuff at e3 but i don't know we'll see if it continues at gamescon even tgs which is where they have a big presence too um but okay moving on to the uh next story and it's going to be a new slash not really a confirmed um you know development cycle or anything but reggie fisame was kind of interviewed regarding the rumors of a N64 currently in development. And his response simply was, uh, we were very clear on what we mentioned and what we uh, meant to go out with on the NES Classic and the SNES Classic, and uh, pretty much said we have no plans at all um, for an N64 Classic to be on the way, which has kind of squashed a lot of our rumors that we've kind of talked about in the past our kind of wants that we wanted from an N64 classic. But more than anything, it seems like one is not on the way at all. Um, what are your thoughts here, guys? Um, I didn't play a whole lot of the N64. That was uh, uh, GoldenEye, yeah? So yeah. I did play a hell of a lot of that and some Perfect Dark and a couple other games. But I, I really wasn't a big Nintendo 64 guy. What? So I, I know, man. I know. it was. I, I don't know what happened in that time frame. I just... Honestly, console didn't even sell that great. It only sold what thirty million, something like that. Yeah. That was it had that janky ass big old controller too, didn't it? It had that <laughs> weird looking. Yeah, it was weird. But <laughs> I was going to say something else. But you know what? It sucks for the people that you know did love it. You know, I, I'm sure at some point in time it'll come out. You know, they're just it's it's money. You know, and people will buy it. And Nintendo is that that's their wheelhouse they're like hey look at this take this stuff it, it's complete crap but it brings back all these you know little nostalgic bites we only paid ten dollars to actually make the damn thing but we're going to sell it to you for a hundred bucks and you're going to lap it up because you're sheep <laughs> yeah dan on, on your point there um 
one of the things Reggie kind of alluded to was is that if you want to play those N64 titles, look at our emulators that are either on the Nintendo Switch online service or look at the past Wii U, Wii, and 3DS uh, ports that have come for like Zelda, Super Mario, stuff like that um, have come from a 64 port. So he's kind of aiming towards that, is, which is one of the interesting things that I thought. But I don't know, Hans, you're going you're gonna to mention something too. I was just going to say, if you think about the Nintendo 64, I still have mine, still have all the big games for it. Um, but if you think about what they could release on it, right? So the biggest games you think immediately, right, are Mario 64, Mario Kart 64, of course, uh, Goldeneye, the Banjo games, and then you've got games like Pilot Wings, Blast Corps, etc. But think through those for a second. So Mario 64, you can play other places. Mario Kart 64... I don't know if you can play that other places or not. I'm sure you can. I don't know if you can legally. Um, Banjo 1 and 2 cannot be on the system. Microsoft owns them. Uh, Blast Core cannot be on the system. It's a rare game. Microsoft owns them. Um, Goldeneye, Perfect Perfect Dark can't be on the system. Microsoft owns it. Goldeneye, don't go back and play that today because it'll ruin your childhood. It is a terrible game. It, right. yeah, it, it's a mess. Um, Pilot Wings, amazing at the time. It, again, don't go back and play it. So my point being that the early 3D games on the Nintendo 64, and we kind of said the same thing with the PlayStation 1, right? Those early 3D games are not very good today. They're just not. So other than the core Nintendo classics like Mario Kart and Mario 64, I don't know if there's a whole ton on this that you would get anyway of the classics that were famous at the time. Right. Yeah, uh, to be honest with you, so I even in our bio, I, I kind of talked about it. I was a Nintendo kid growing up, and I was slow to adopt the Sony PlayStation 1, and I was still playing the N64, and I have a ton of hours on the Nintendo 64. I loved it. But yeah, licensing, I think, would be a challenge. I think uh, Nintendo has spent a lot of time porting and remastering and even remaking some of those N64 games on their handhelds and even on the Wii U. So. I think you can play some of those games that are first party somewhere else. I have seen Mario Kart 64 playable on the 3DS, if I'm not mistaken, and you can get emulators for it all over the place. So um, if you are an emulator person, you can get that uh, that ROM um, all over the place. But I don't know. Interesting. We'll see what that actually means. I think Nintendo is going to start spending a lot more time with uh, ROMs on their own systems, and hopefully Nintendo Switch Online evolves a lot better. Um, so let's move on to our next story. Uh, this was kind of an interesting interview that had some kind of good news and bad news. So uh, Square Enix was recently interviewed on, you know, what's going on with their development cycle. They did confirm that they are working on a PlayStation 5 game. The title has not been mentioned at all or even what the uh, content's going to be about at all. But from that, there did spark another conversation which has people rolling their eyes and kind of just LOLing at kind of... Uh, what's been going on with this game for the last few years. So in talking about that game, they did mention that Final Fantasy VII Remake is not even in full development yet. The director of the game did state that the game is moving along nicely. Now, if you remember the kind of horrible development cycle from that, it was already being developed by someone else. Square Enix did not like what was coming from it. They stopped that and switched the development back to an in-house studio of their own. And their biggest thing is that they are not going to go full development into that game until Kingdom Hearts 3 is released and completely bugged out um, from launch. So if you are a Final Fantasy VII waiter, uh, you've been waiting for God, it was almost four years now, your game's not even in full development. And as people have talked about, it's probably not coming out until 2021, 2022. 
So horrible news there. And keep in mind, the game is also not releasing all together. It's releasing in multiple parts. So rumored is three parts, but more than likely part one and part two is what we're getting from that. So there you go, guys. Fun stuff there. You know, and it's a shame because I was really anxious for Final Fantasy VII Remake. Um, I'm just chomping at the bit for it. Haynes is living under a bridge at the moment, guys, if you're not picking up on that one. He's trolling away there. I, we uh, <laughs> we uh, have talked about this a lot, and uh, it's just ridiculous. I, I, I cannot hear any more about this game. I don't want to see a screenshot. I don't want to see a video. I don't even want to talk about it. So the thing that is most exciting here is PlayStation 5's coming. Uh, that's what I'm excited about. I screw Final Fantasy VII. Um, no, I think it's really cool. We're getting to the point now where we know developers have dev kits for next gen, right? And that we're next year, we know we're going to see the PS5 and Xbox Scarlet, whatever it turns out to be. Um, and that has me really excited. And those will be out before Final Fantasy VII anyway. So there you go. Yeah, uh, I don't care about Final <laughs> Fantasy VII at this point. I just yeah. don't care. You know what? I don't like Kingdom Hearts, and I'm looking forward to that more than Final Fantasy VII Remake. Damn. Yeah, I don't think Dan and I are the best people to talk to Kingdom Hearts and Final Fantasy. No. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. for, for me... Bring on the PS5, though. Yeah, for me, I mean, I was a Final Fantasy fan. It's not my favorite Final Fantasy by any means. I thought it was cool for the time. That's about it. For me, the funny thing is how long people have been waiting for this game and the, um, I don't know, the, first of all, people thought it was a first-party Sony game, and it's not. It's multi-plat. And on top of everything, people have been saying, Final Fantasy VII is coming, it's coming. It's been in development for years and not even full development. So I think it's actually had a worse track record than Death Stranding, and that says a lot. So Another game um, to talk about. Yeah, so let's go ahead and move on. Um, we're going to talk about another interesting story that released this week. Um, and it's really uh, the diskless Xbox that has been kind of uh, made news on here. And this is a diskless Xbox that is coming out for the Xbox One. So the original rumors and talk was for the Xbox Scarlet uh, console that's currently being developed. It's the next-gen Xbox. And there's been a lot of talk that there'll be two different SKUs for that. There'll be a diskless version that'll work more with the cloud. And then there'll be a disk option um, that's been for the next generation. But the current talk right now that was kind of confirmed for the most part is that there will be a diskless Xbox One that is coming, which will kind of lead into a trade-in program that they haven't quite fledged out as far as uh, details yet, but you'll be able to trade in your physical games for a digital code for your diskless Xbox. So if you want to go completely diskless, uh, rumors on cost is that the console will be somewhere between $150 and $200 for that. So what are your thoughts there, guys? Any more details you guys want to share about it? Your views on it? I'm all for it, man. You know me. Yeah, you're you're all digital, man. So <laughs> this is all yeah. digital, man. This is my wheelhouse, dude. All right, so <laughs> I, I don't have many discs. I don't even buy movies on discs. I don't even rent movies on discs. I just either do it through Voodoo or I do it through something else. So the whole disc drive is you know completely pointless and to me. And um, as far as the trade in. Uh, program that's freaking awesome i mean if it, eventually i think this is where the industry is going you know i think it's going to be a long time coming you know it's going to be a long long time before they get rid of like all physical media and you know it may never happen completely but that's really the trend and you know there's various <clears throat> pros and cons to it you know you can't you know the licensing thing kind of scares me it always does because they can just pull a license from you whenever they want to 
and then you lose the game regardless of what you pay for it. You know, if they can somehow work that into a, a where you get refunded for it or something like that, that'd be awesome. I don't know how that's going to work, but this is this is good for people that, you know, are are able to, you know, it what was I going to say? It's a cheaper version, so it's a, it's a very good entry level uh console for somebody that wants to do it. So, I'm all for it. Love yeah, I'm I'm 100% with Dan and I am probably between you and me bird are the most physical people out there. Um and since I go out of my way to buy everything physical, I wait on indie games until they hopefully come to a physical format. Um but this just makes sense. Uh you know, there's been a lot of blowback I've seen as usual, the same people right on social media saying this is ridiculous and getting mad at Xbox, you're taking away our discs. No, they're not. They're just giving you more options. And this makes perfect sense because what you do, right? Look at the timing. As, as you alluded to, Bert, you go Xbox One S for 150 bucks or 199 bucks in 2019, allow people to trade in their discs and go digital. It gives them a year to go digital, right? And then when the Xbox Scarlet comes, you can offer a $500 box with a 4K drive for people like Bert and I. You can offer a $350 same power, same performance box to people like Dan. And the people who have converted to digital We'll get that three hundred and fifty dollars box, and you're getting a you know four K sixty probably next gen console for three hundred fifty bucks at launch. It makes perfect sense. Nobody gets left behind. Everybody has options. Anyone who thinks this is dumb is the one who's actually dumb. <laughs> <laughs> All right, nice, nice bridge there. Um, yeah, for me, I'd be curious to see if they're going to turn that box into the same internal hardware that is in the X and simply remove the drive. Maybe they're going to have a bigger hard drive. If you're going completely digital box, maybe a three terabyte, four terabyte even. Yeah, maybe, ju maybe just a two terabyte. Because um, I, I think the standard these days is a one terabyte now. It's hard to find new consoles that are 500 gigabytes um, now, either PlayStation or Xbox. So I think it'll be fun to kind of see what, what kind of comes from it um, and to see what the industry does in general. Because I, I, I haven't heard any rumors or talk of Sony doing this with their next-gen console, but it's, it's very possible. At the same time, they don't really have a 4K player in their system now. Um, we'll see if they even care about that in the next gen, even though they're the ones that own the technology. So, Well, so um, real quick, that that's mm -hmm. what's interesting, right? And that's kind of what I was alluding to is say the PS5 and Xbox uh, Scarlet come out and we don't know what they're going to do, but say they aim for 500 just theoretically, right? And you have two machines with disk drives, 4K drives that are somewhat similar in power and what have you for 500 bucks. But then Xbox has a second option where you get the same console and same performance for three fifty or four hundred bucks. That gives them an automatic leg up on day one for people like Dan. Yep. Or it's even three hundred. I, I think they should aim for the two ninety nine price point um, without a drive. But um, I think that'd be tough with all the the cost of video cards and everything these days. Probably makes that even harder. Yeah, I was gonna say I'll call Phil later and let you know what he thinks. You do that. Take care of it. <laughs> <laughs> Spencer. <laughs> hey Spence, what's up, Spence? <laughs> Are you calling Spence? Uh, Spence, I just call Spence. him Phil. He he picks up the Phil usually. Uh, so, uh, all right, <laughs> moving along from this goofiness. Um, so Fallout seventy six did come out this week. Um, probably not the best game to kind of talk about what's happening in the press for them. Uh, we did an unboxing of their, um, what is it called, Power Armor Edition. So this is the collector's edition that they have. And you can see Ains having that helmet on his, uh, or I should say on his desk slash right in front of him. So it's a massive helmet. But uh, let's talk about the game really quick. Um, it has had probably the worst reception for a, a title at launch that I've seen in a very long time. 
And it looks like nothing has changed from the beta whatsoever. Uh, this may be in typical Bethesda fashion, as I have called out Bethesda being overrated in general for a long time. But they're also the glitch city developer of the past two generations, in my opinion. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts on what's happening today? I mean, the press has been killing this game. What, what are your thoughts? I think they are completely on target. <laughs> I mean, it, here's the thing. I mean, I, I, I wasn't going to get it, then I was going to get it, then I wasn't going to get it. I love Fallout, so I got it digitally. So <laughs> just to put that out there. Um, and it is so bad, so bad. I mean, there are glitches everywhere. Not only that, but it's the most boring game because there are no NPCs. And I say that, and somebody says, oh, yeah, there are. No, they're, they're logs. They're like little audio logs. That's not an NPC. All right? There's robots. There's a lot of robots. And there's tons of glitches. I mean, they really, really messed it up. Now, with that being said, I think it might be passable if you have a group of people to come and play with you. But as a, you know, as a solo game, you need to avoid it, at least right now. It just needs to be fixed. And I'm so tired of Bethesda getting these free passes with this crap. And they even come out and say it themselves. It's gotten that bad where they're so self-aware of their shit that they just say, yeah, it's going to be trash, but you're going to buy it, you idiots. And if we do, I did. I'm stupid. So my take is not quite as bad as Dan's, but it's... Uh... It's still not great. Um, you know, I was in the alpha, I was in the beta. I think I talked about before. Um, the game itself definitely needs a lot of work. Uh, there's no doubt about it. And Dan kind of nailed it in the sense that, for instance, I was talking to my stepson who's playing it with uh, some friends. And he said they're enjoying it for what it is, you know, as a group kind of going out and exploring. And, and I definitely could see that more than a single player. Now, I'm weird, right? Like, when I play single player games, we know like I just go off and explore like the very first thing you do when you come out of the vault in this game is you, you're supposed to go to this point where the, this person sets you up with everything. Right. I went out of the vault and I went north and I just started wandering around on my own, um, which is what I like to do. But it, <clears throat> you know, it supports that it supports that open world. But the dance point, there's no NPCs. You're kind of creating your own journey. If you're playing solo. Um, you're looking for other people in the world. And the max server count, I believe, is 32 people. But it's a pretty big world. So, you know, I only saw one other person when I was playing um, in the beta. But the point I'm making is, yeah, it's, it's, it's really not conducive to single-player experience right now from what I've seen. There's ton, the, some of the videos on the bugs and glitches are hilarious. Um, so I, I just don't know. I don't know why Bethesda didn't wait to launch this. They should have pushed it back to spring, without a doubt. Yeah, it is a very crowded time right now to release a game that is subpar to the rest of the industry. Even if you have a big name like Fallout, I think it's incredibly hard to release that game now and be like, hey, this is what we're offering at the moment. Um, hopefully, it's better down the road, but right now it looks like it's just not the game to buy or play. So we'll see if they patch it up as Bethesda. I hate to see what their patch notes look like after every game. But uh, it's it's pretty poor. So if you're liking it, let us know in the comments as to why you love it so much. But um, right now, tough time to buy a Fallout game. Um, I was I was gonna say uh, the one thing I did want to say is that you know there are people liking it, and one thing I try not to do we get caught up in it sometimes is you know a game comes out like this right and say it gets a six or whatever and it's like oh god game must be terrible and it's like well 
obviously it has a lot of issues. Obviously it's not a triple a fallout game. That's nine ten. but there's probably still some redeeming qualities where if you're a big enough fan of the game, you'll still get some enjoyment out of it. So I, I guess, yeah. So you know, we shouldn't just throw it under the bus because it's not perfect, but I do think we, to your guys's point, we should give Bethesda some shit because they got to stop releasing games in these buggy state. It, it doesn't make any sense. You know, with Red Dead launching, Red Dead feels like the most polished game in the world compared to Fallout 76. Um, you know, people were trying to nitpick on things in Red Dead, and it's like that game feels, you know, perfect compared to Fallout 76. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, even games like Odyssey that's come out. You know, Assassin's Creed has had kind of a, a negative release schedule until Origins came out to where most of the stuff's actually working for a change. So they need to <laughs> learn from Ubisoft in general. But <clears throat> anyways, uh, let's move on. So we've had some new DLC that is on the way and has come out. So uh, Spider-Man's uh, PlayStation Spider-Man game has had one uh, pack of DLC already come out. The second one comes out on the 20th. It is a game called, I believe, Turf Wars, or sorry, a, uh, the DLC is called Turf Wars, and it has uh, the, the character Hammerhead coming along into the game. Um, the previous one was with Black Cat, so if you're backed up on your DLC, uh, Black Cat was the first one, Turf Wars is the second one. There's also three new Spidey suits that have come out on it, and if they look similar, uh, one of them is the Iron Spider, which was in the uh, original uh, suits, but this is the one from the comic series, not the one from the Avengers movie. Uh, there's one from the Mangaverse, which is, uh, I guess, uh, animated stuff or in the Japanese universe of Spider-Man. And there's another one, which is a uh, version one of a uh, suit that already existed in the game as well. So I wasn't too taken away by the by the suits that are coming out, but the, the story aspect does come out pretty uh, pretty cool. Uh, and then the next DLC comes out in December. So there's three uh, DLC packs that are supposed to be coming out before the end of the year. I believe it's $10 if you want to buy it standalone, or you can buy the DLC pass, which is $25. So you save 5 bucks at the end of the day. So, uh, Ains, I know you weren't too uh, big on this game, um, but any thoughts on DLC or anything about it? I hope you guys enjoy it. <laughs> Dan, I know, I, I know, me and you loved it. So, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts here? Great. So, I played the first one, the first DLC. Here's the problem I have with it: it's a little bit short, yeah. like story-wise. So, if that's pretty much what they're going for for the rest of these three, I'm hoping that they get incrementally longer as they go on, because really, you can knock it out in just a couple hours um, if it's all you do is a story. Now, of course, they've got they added more little side missions and stuff, but it's good. You know, at least yeah. it's quality stuff. You know the as far as story goes um <clears throat> I'll, I'll play it it comes out what two days i think yeah the 20th it comes 20th out the 20th, okay so, yeah. yeah yep it's it's i'm gonna finish that up i'm hoping that they actually release more after that too you know but yeah definitely. Who knows? Mm-hmm. yeah it's slated for three packs right now so uh we'll see what happens with that they there have been games that have had very successful dlc that release like a season two and you might be able to get like a season two pass but for right now those three are the main ones we'll see what they do I'm looking forward to playing it. It's just that I'm trying to get into new games versus games that I've already kind of completely finished. So we'll see when I get to it. But yeah, we should almost have a month to do backlog DLC, which is kind of fun. It's, it's really like, you know, and then jumping right back into the game after being away for so long, it was really kind of hilarious watching my Spider-Man <laughs> smash into oh, every yeah. single thing. I was like, what? Yeah. A, I don't remember any of these controls. Some of the yeah. So the, the one thing I do want to mention, get your guys' thoughts on real quick, is... Um, Insomniac Games, great developer. Um, Spider-Man, great game. Does anyone else find it weird that their DLC for this game is 
coming out three separate expansions are coming out within three months after the game's launch yeah i mean that's i, I really would say that's, that's an issue and not only that they have the name and everything for the dlc before the game even released so you almost knew what was coming uh yeah, because there's no way they're developing this now right you don't develop no. an expansion in a month it just doesn't happen so it's like i don't know that's, it seems kind of shady to me in a little bit yeah, especially for the cost difference. I wish it was, you know, part of the game kind of like Battlefield is doing, even though Battlefield is releasing with almost no modes, and then they have like four different boats coming out in the next few months. So um, I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I, I, I think that that's an interesting practice that they're doing. I don't know. The, the game itself was, I don't know, Dan, how much did we spend on the game? Like 17, I 20 hours? I probably the, did more than that as far oh, as... Oh, oh, going yeah. platinum, yeah. Yeah, mm -hmm. to get the platinum I did. Yeah, it, but it, it's... I think the game in itself was plenty long for what it was. I think the DLCs yeah. for well, I ended up paying twenty because it, it was the special edition, so you got it for I think yeah. seventy. Out, outside of purchasing it standalone, right? Right, yeah. and then you know, but well, I, I can't. I have to reserve judgment as far as how much value it is. You know, even though that's subjective, you know, it just I think two hours for a little piece of DLC for ten bucks is kind of insane. Especially when it's already made and done and probably ready to go. So, yeah, it it sounds very reminiscent to the Batman Arkham games. The most recent ones had a very similar release schedule and cost. I mean, you could buy the Batman Standard Arkham um, Arkham Knight for you know the typical MSRP of you know sixty dollars, and then get the season pass. And a couple of those season pass things were literally all suits. And then the DLC was two hours. Once again, they had a Harley Quinn a DLC that was very short. And then a bat, uh, Batwoman one or Batgirl one, and then they had a bigger one where the villains came through. But it was very similar. So I wonder if Insomniac is kind of copying Rocksteady here with how they're doing it because it was very, very similar. Even the release schedule similar. So <clears throat> to your point, Ains, I think it is something that we should, you know, look at at least in future games because other games do it differently. Yeah. So. Um, Okay, let's move along to uh, another uh, rumor slash hope. Um, so uh, recently a game for PSVR came out and it is from software. Um, it was developed by from software, not from software. <laughs> but uh, it's a game called Deracine and it's a, a VR game. And inside of this game, there appears to be an Easter egg that might be eluding to a Bloodborne to release. So you come up to this doll um, and the doll has some uh, writing with it and it kind of uh, is exactly from something out of Bloodborne. And people are claiming and, and hoping, as I should say, this is not a, uh, you know, a confirm from From Software at all, um, that it is Bloodborne 2. So probably one of our favorite games from the PlayStation uh, 4 library. People have been talking about the rumors of this coming out for some time. But uh, what are your guys' thoughts here? Do you guys think this is actually real? Something that's actually going to happen? Yes. <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> um, we talk. Yeah, are you Blood thinking PlayStation Four reigns or PlayStation Five? Maybe launch title. I'm I'm hoping PlayStation Five because Bloodborne is amazing, but that Souls engine um, showing its age a little bit, right? It's it's you know things could be definitely a lot smoother, a little sharper, and I'm hoping that uh, they do that. I do find it weird. You know, we never even got a pro enhancement for Bloodborne, and it's one of the most popular, highly rated titles on the PlayStation Four. Um, but I think it just makes sense from software is, uh, you know, they're, they're not a huge company, huge development studio. They're large, but they're not, you know, gigantic and bloodborne. I would have to think by far and away is one of their biggest titles, um, with the way it's sold. So 
you also have to remember the Sekiro is coming out in March, right? And that's just, if you think about the timeline, you give them another year and a half after Sekiro, if they're already in development now, it seems to be about the right timeline to come out on PS5. The only thing I will say, of course, is I hope, uh, like Sekiro, is that they don't go exclusive again. But I believe, and you guys can correct me, I think Sony owns the Bloodborne IP. No idea. <laughs> I think um, you're right, Anthony. I think that is true. I think they do. Yeah. So, But yeah, I, th I think this is definitely coming. It's only a matter of time. Yeah, I mean, everybody talks about it. I literally couldn't get through the tutorial, so that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea what the hell I was supposed to do, and I ran around, and then I stopped playing. It looked fun, though, and everybody seems to like it. So, Oh, it's amazing. Know. Yeah. Yeah. For people that are curious about the uh, pro enhancement that Anza's talking about, so the only thing that has come out for Bloodborne is it's one of the only games that takes advantage of the boost mode on the PlayStation 4 Pro. Um, it is not an enhancement, so don't don't try to confuse the two. There's no new textures or anything. It, it simply runs the game a tiny bit smoother and at a more solid frame rate is the only thing boost mode does to it. So that that is true. We would love an enhancement in that game. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I would love a part two. If you're not a From Software type gamer, this might be just kind of cool news for you, but um, it's simply not confirmed yet. We'll hear probably more at the next PlayStation event, not at E3. So um, we'll see what happens from there. But um, let's go ahead and tie out the end of our kind of our news segment today, and then we'll kind of talk about what we're playing, and then we'll play our little fun game really quick. But the Game of the Year awards have come out. Um, as far as the nominees, um, this usually takes place sometime in December. I think there is a date for it already, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. I'll look it up while we're talking about it. But the nominees have come out for, uh, I guess, Game of the Year and some other stuff. One of the interesting things about the Game Awards is that they do include streamers and eSports and stuff like that into it as well. So um, let's kind of talk briefly about it. And I have confirmed here that it is December 6th when the show comes out. So within the next few weeks. But uh, have you guys looked at the nominees already? Any thoughts on what you guys have seen? Yeah, I've seen actually. Um, it, it's interesting because some of the some of them, uh, you know, these games I've never even heard of. Mostly D and D games. Um, talked about this on the other show. It was. It, it's gonna hurt people in some weird way, like when their game doesn't win like their stupid award that doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it, it it's it's usually the same games too in most of the categories, most of the bigger categories. You know, you've got God of War, Red Dead Redemption, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Um, you have Monster Hunter World showing up for a couple of them. Um, and it, it's, I'm more interested when this award show comes out to see all the new trailers and games and stuff. That's really the only reason I watch the show. Um, that's the coolest part of it. Um, not a huge fan of G off, whatever his name is. <laughs> I can, yeah, Keely. I can, yep. Yeah, I can. I can take him and leave him. But uh, I can leave him. Yeah, here we can leave him. That's fine. I'm all about <laughs> leaving that dude. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 more for just kind of a fun thing to watch for me, and you know, it, I just want to see some cool trailers or some new big uh, games drop. You know, Ames, what are your thoughts? Yeah. I I don't know. I'm very similar to Dan. Uh, I think it's a good idea that we have a show like this for the industry. Um, I like seeing that they're upping the presentation quality of the show every year. You know, when it originally started, it was almost um, embarrassing yeah. if you were a gamer, but uh, it's gotten better. 
Um, the moments like last year with the dude from uh, No Ways No Way Out. What was that guy's name again? Yeah, uh, I can't remember his name, but he's actually that Ferris. moment is actually one of the awards that's he's nominated for. <laughs> <laughs> favorite, favorite moment in gaming he's one of there oh my gosh a, that's the, that's what he's nominated for yeah yeah that's fantastic well a way out is nominated for best game direction which yeah, i thought was it. kind of funny um stop it but uh it's nominated there so it's it's a funny one it's i think the, McFrencherson. <laughs> i think the the interesting thing is going to be does does red dead redemption 2 run away with pretty much everything or does god of war challenge it in any form whatsoever those are going to be the, the big story things from it i think a lot of people look for the game of the year winner and that's kind of it but there's a lot of other categories that are um part of the the thing what, what do you guys think you think um red dead runs away with everything no i don't actually um i think and we kind of talked about this uh, in a separate conversation, but I think God of War will challenge it. Um, I think that some of these contenders are really dumb. So Game of the Year, for instance, you know, you have Monster Hunter World. What are we doing? What are we doing here? Why is that on there? <laughs> it's not a Game of the Year contender. I'm sorry. Um, it may be your favorite Game of the Year, but it's not a Game of the Year contender. Um, uh, game Direction A Way Out, stop it. Uh, who's coming up with these lists? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't it's, make any it's sense. It's just Jeff. Jeff just gets together and writes it on the <laughs> I'm pretty sure he does. That would probably explain it, to be honest. Yeah. How do you, um, how do you the, the narrative one with Life is Strange 2 when only one episode is actually released? Right. I mean, it makes zero sense to me. Yep. Yeah, it's terrible. But anyway, no, I think God of War will challenge it. Um, I think the problem with Red Dead, and someone we were speaking to um, explained this really well, is that Red Dead had monstrous hype behind it it sold eight billion copies on the first day right um but the problem is because of the type of game it is that so many people a big percentage of people will not either finish it or even get far into it yep and that from what we've heard dan's finished it i'm 70 plus hours and two-thirds of the way through the story and you're just starting it so we've got the whole mix here um but the, from everything I've heard, the story is incredible, and it only gets better. It really kind of climaxes. Um, it's already getting good for me. But the world itself, I don't think many people that play the game are really going to appreciate just how incredible that game is. And I think for that reason, and sadly, because God of War is an exclusive, that people are going to you know, really vote for uh, God of War in a number of categories to try and battle Red Dead. Yep. Doesn't something take anything I, away from God of War, by the way. God of War, absolutely incredible game. Something that I heard that was uh well one thing. Well, let me start with one thing first. And it's one thing you said is that uh, Red Dead Redemption's strength is also its weakness, um, mm -hmm. and I think that will affect um, the people based on if they're going to gravitate towards the strength or the weakness in the game, um, and what their type of gameplay style is. So I think that's something that'll kind of fall into it. Another thing that does not fall into Spider-Man and God of War's favor is that due to the fact that they are exclusives, less people have played them. So if you think about Red Dead Redemption 2 just in the first weekend, what did it sell? Um, you know, 15, 17 million units 17 or million, yeah. Yeah, um, whereas God of War only sold 8 million units or something at the end of the day. Um, same thing with Spider-Man, I think was even less than um, God of War. So you have less people voting in there if they're gonna be voting for that in general. So I, I think it'll be interesting across the lines. Uh, Another big surprise for me was Celeste is in tons of categories, and it's supposed mm -hmm. to be one of the best uh, platformers around, but um, a lot of people haven't played that game, I think. Um, but it's nominated for all kinds of stuff. So 
it got tens, you know, from some outlets yeah. because of how it incredible did. it is. And I, I, it's one of those games I should have played. I, I keep saying this. I'm going to buy it. Um, but yeah, it's it's games like that which make it really hard, right? Because the way they do these <clears throat> awards is people are voting, and right. and we know the number of people that have played Celeste versus Red Dead. It, it's like no one's gonna know what Celeste is. Yeah. And then you know, there's just a lot of odd things in here. What was the other one, Dan? We were talking about the other. Oh, Monster Hunter World being on best multiplayer game. That was the worst choice they could have possibly put on there. Yeah. What do yeah. we do? It was it was it was known that it was broken. It did not work when the game yeah. launched. So, um, so, and meanwhile, games like Battlefield Five aren't on here because they came out too late. I'm like, well, it's still a 2018 title, and it's out before the awards. So, yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's frustrating in a number of ways. Yeah, some some other categories that are kind of fun and kind of crowded at the moment are best role playing game. So you got Dragon Quest, Monster Hunter World, which is being seen as a role playing game, which is interesting. Uh, Nino Kuni Two. Uh, we've we've all played Octopath Traveler. And then Pillars of Eternity 2 is another one that's uh, in there. So that'll be an interesting one to see who that goes to due to the reception of each one of these games being pretty big. Um, I've seen a lot of people have Dragon Quest eleven even up as nine and a halfs or tens at some outlets. And I think it's, of these titles, it's the highest rated game on Metacritic and OpenCritic. So um, go ahead. No, I, I just said it is. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's up there. One that I was really upset about is best racing game. F one twenty eighteen isn't even in there um, as a the as a nominee. So yeah, uh, uh, the backlash for Forza Horizon four not being recognized more is pretty big um, yeah. because it's the third highest rated game of the year, only behind Red Dead and God of War. Um, and we know it's just a racing game, but for what it does, right in that genre, it's incredible. So it's it's kind of sad not to see it. Um, a little little broader yeah best indie game is another one that'll be a tight one even though celeste is all over the place dead cells did get tons of media hype this year and with the whole review debacle thing it got a lot of uh, i guess traffic of people that were interested in it and even purchases so that that'll be something fun to see um I, I couldn't care less about best mobile game another one that i think is fun is best vr game so that we we've seen that PSVR is finally getting to the point to where we're seeing some quality titles come out for it. And one that has been reviewed really well is Astrobot, but also Moss was another one that has been reviewed really well. So who's going to win there? And then most recently, Tetris Effect. So Tetris Effect actually has me interested because I play a lot of Tetris socially with friends locally. And that one looks really cool too. So the, the uh, VR uh, category looks to be pretty fun too. Yeah, I may, uh, I may actually jump into PSVR this holiday. Um, yeah. There's just enough titles now to where I really want to experience it, and it's cheap enough to where you can jump in really cheap. So, two hundred dollars to Best Buy right yeah. now. I'm Astrobot and Moss. I know, which is incredible. Really? Yep. Yeah, and that's why I was considering. The only problem is it's the um, original PS. Oh, is it? They updated it. Really? Yeah. Oh, not not the V2 oh. one. I no, it's the V1. So I'm I'm gonna wait just to see. But yeah, I mean Moss, Tetris Effect, Astrobot's supposedly great. I mean, there's a You've got Resident Evil 7, which would be nuts to play, yeah. uh, and a whole bunch of other things. But, yeah, I, I don't know. These game awards, I could take it or leave it. I There's so many other ones I could talk about that are weird. Um, best multiplayer game just, you know, almost crushes my soul because <laughs> I'm a multiplayer guy first and foremost, and these games, none of these. I mean, Black Ops 4 is an obvious one that's on there, but the rest of them, like, no. It's just... <laughs> No, we need <laughs> we need a Halo, we need a Gears, we need Battlefield on there, we need some other games. These are this is not good. Not good. Yep. 
All right, guys, we'll wrap it up on Game of the Year talk. If you want to vote for them, you can go to uh, thegameawards.com. You can log into pretty much any of your social media accounts to um, to actually vote. And once again, the awards happen on December 6th, so um, you can kind of tune in. As we said, we'll probably watch it on the background to see if what happens and what gets nominated and wins, I should say. Um, but, you know, right around the corner. So let's talk about what we're actually playing, and then we'll jump up to our uh, our little fun game of the day. So, uh, Ains, what are you playing these days? I think it starts with an R, probably. <laughs> I just wanted to be clear real quick, though, because I need to know this. Who is your best eSports host? Oh, gosh. Jim. <clears throat> <laughs> anyway uh currently playing so i'm only playing two games i won't spend a lot of time here red dead for single player and battlefield 5 for multiplayer um red dead i mentioned last week i was going to review this week i'm reviewing it for the site i really am not comfortable doing the final review until i finish the whole story um even though i have 70 plus hours into the game now um, like I said, Dan's finished it so he can give his opinion when we get there. Birch just starting it. So we'll talk about that hopefully next week when I have some time to finish the story. I'm getting there, made some progress. Um, the more I play that game, the more incredible it gets. Um, I feel 100% confident debating with anyone that it is the most impressive game world ever created. I, I could take that battle all day. It, <laughs> it Bring it on. I could do that with one hand behind my back. It's that impressive. It's incredible. Um and then Battlefield Five, which has surprised us, right? We talked about, I think, last week briefly that it uh, it didn't look good coming out, and we were concerned about it. Um, it's fantastic, and we played it. The three of us played last night for a few hours, and other than the ass whooping we got in that first round, uh, <laughs> we had a lot of fun. It's just a lot of it is done really well. The sound is always it's gorgeous. It plays well. Um, you know, there's a few tuning things, of course, that need to happen, but otherwise, it's it's a blast. Cool. Dan, how about yourself? I know you're always jumping around multiple titles. I'm all over the place. Yeah, I play Battlefield Five. Obviously, I play a little bit of Red Dead. Um, I started Fallout seventy six. I think I'm gonna go back and just start a new character. Uh, <laughs> it's just, I, I just, I'll I don't know what's happening. We'll yeah, the world together. Yeah, that, that, I think. I'm gonna, yeah, we'll, we'll get together and do some stuff. It's just, I need, to, I need a fresh start. I need to just kind of reset because i kind of rushed into it and just started going crazy and then i don't know what happened next thing i'm like wanted and i don't know what i did and i don't even know what that <laughs> so um and then i've been playing hitman 2 which has actually been really really good i mean it's very very similar to the first one updated graphics i think i talked about it a little bit last week and you know a little bit different systems but i love it you know it, you can <laughs> my problem is i can spend like three hours on one mission you know and it's not concurrent it's me reloading stuff over and over and over again with the you know different save points just trying to get one way to do it i mean there's so many different ways to do all this kind of stuff and it's really been fun so uh that's about it oh and spiral spiral the dragon let me tell you guys something that game is awesome i remember <laughs> playing it back in the day they really did a good job on the enhancement on this one you know i i saw my son got a the crash one i didn't i wasn't too impressed this one looks really really good yeah. It's not enhanced, you know, for like the X or the Pro, but it's, you know, they did a really good job on the remaster. It's really, it really looks good and it's fun. You know, it's, it's just like I remember it. So yeah, it's a, it's a complete remake. Dan. Yeah. So it's uh it's got no new remake. everything. Yeah. Uh, Digital Foundry did a cool thing where they compare the old one to the new one and you can kind of see the differences between them. It's kind of crazy how long ago Spyro came out and you can see how awesome it looks now. It's I've heard people say it looks like almost like an animated cartoon when you're playing in some scenes. It does, man. So, it really does. Um, so I might get to, game, wasn't it? 
Yeah, it was a PS1. Well, the first one was. The first yeah. two, and I think three came out on PS2, and then they never did another one, which right. is unfortunate. They moved on to bigger things, it seems like. But I, I have to check that out. Maybe I'll wait for a sale on that just because I just don't have a need to play that. Um, okay, so what, what what have I been playing? I finished Odyssey completely, which I'm pretty happy about. Moved on to Red Dead. I'm about an hour in, so <clears throat> I'm, I'm not even doing anything to it yet, pretty much. Um, and then uh, finishing on my last season of F1 2018 before I, I shelved that. And then I'm going back to Dragon Quest XI and mix that in with Red Dead. So uh, I really enjoy what I've played in XI so far. However, I'm wanting the store to open up a bit more because it's very streamlined so far. But um, that's it, what I'm currently it playing now. It, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, Battlefield Five socially and, and Call of Duty socially. So depending on who I'm playing with is what we're doing there. So we're going to jump over to our quick, fun, I guess you'd call it almost a trivia game, where this is kind of a new thing that we're going to do. We're calling it Name That Game. And the point of this game is for whoever is not the one hosting, they have to kind of guess what the game is that I'm talking about. We're doing a max of 10 questions. The game start out, uh, sorry, the questions start out as very generic, very general. And as the questions get further, if they get further, they get easier. So. Between Ains and Dan, they will get one answer per question, and then I will move on to the next one. Are you gentlemen ready to find out what game we're talking about? Bring it on. Let's do it. Uh, you okay. got to ask or tell us who's supposed to answer first each time. Okay, so uh, we'll, we'll flip it uh, for each question. So, Dan, you will get first guess on question one. As we get to question two, that goes back to Ains, and we'll flip it going on the rest of them. Cool. So, right. Dan, question for you. And this is as general as it gets, so you're going to have to guess just pretty bad here. This game came out during the 90s. I will tell you it's in the second half of the 90s, so between 95 and 99 or 2000, however you want to think about it. Take a wild guess. What the hell, man? Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, Mario 64. I don't even know when that came out. I really have no idea. That, that, is, a, that is a negative there. A negative horrible. there. Ains, what, what, are your, what is your guess? uh parasite eve no but that's a great game that is a great game okay <laughs> moving over to question two and on this one ains gets to go first so this franchise has more than 20 different titles in it shit more than 20 different titles in this franchise but we're the answer is still a single game right it is a single game i'm just telling you about the franchise that it belongs to yep um Final Fantasy Nine. No, negative. Gosh. Dan, moving on to question two for you. Do you need the question repeated, sir? Or do you have it? Uh, it has over twenty different games. It, it, the franchise that this game belongs to has over twenty titles in it. Uh, <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> thirty-two. <laughs> No, sir. No, sir. However, um, you get to go first on this next question. So jumping right. it back to you. This game was originally released on the PlayStation 1, but was later ported to the Sega Saturn. So if you remember those uh, those consoles. Well, that narrows Saturn. it down quite a bit. Yes, it but, does. Uh, 20 different deals, huh? Shit. Mm -hmm. I couldn't even tell you. Street Fighter 15. <laughs> no, sir. Ain't. X. <laughs> oh my God. 20 different titles. This is going to be something so freaking obvious by the time we're done. Maybe. 
PS1 to Saturn. Jesus, Saturn only had nine games. Yeah, it was like two <laughs> games. I had 11 games, happened. damn it. 11 games. <laughs> um, I, I don't know. I'm going to go with Madden. No, negative. Seven. Oh, come on. Oh, those are horrible guesses, guys. <laughs> Madden 97. <laughs> close. That should be close. That's when Madden used to be good back in the day. Yeah. All right. So moving on to question number four. And this title that we're talking about is not known as the best in the 20 plus games in the franchise. The so uh, yeah. So one big thing here is a lot of times that first game comes out and people love it so much. And then all the games that come out after it are kind of horrible. So um, who are we at now? Ames, this is your first guess. It's not the most well-loved title of the franchise. Nope. Oh, God. I'm, I'm literally going blank. This is hard to do on yeah. the spot. This is. <laughs> um, I, I got is, it's the, the Sega Saturn thing it kills you, man. Yeah, that, that's the point. I'm trying to mix this up on you. There's not a whole lot. I know Doom doesn't have 30, 20 titles. I, I'm, right. There's only a few franchises that even have 20 titles. Sonic mm -hmm. Generations. No, Dan, Dan already said that one. No, he said Sonic 33. <laughs> uh, Dan, your, 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 your turn on this one. All right, so the hell else came out? Can I ask a question? No, <laughs> sure can. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Take a guess. Yeah, this I'm next gonna... one that they start getting easier, I promise. All right, I'm gonna say, did fucking Command and Conquer come out for it? I say that that was that. No, it's, not, it's not Command and Conquer. Like 40, unfortunately, four thousand of those things. Yeah, there. but that is a good guess. Yeah. All right, so this next one, I believe, is probably the the last tough question before we go over the, the over the hill with some super easy ones. So, of the and so Dan, you said you you get first uh, right. first guess here. Of the 20 titles that have released based on the year, like 96, 97, 98, as they go on, they have not released in the order of the story that has taken place. So in other words, part one may not be the original title before that, this in, in story ways, in the, in the pacing so it might of have been like prequels. Correct. There may have been prequels. They may have jumped into the future in those 20 as they released. What are your, what are your thoughts there? What's your guess? Oh, fuck. Uh... First one released in, in what? Ooh, yes. So, yeah. so what we do know is that it's a PlayStation game. Yes. Came out in the nineties. Has yes. more than twenty titles in its franchise. Okay. The original one is not known as its best. Fuck. I'm gonna say. Was Resident Evil on there? Was it? You was sir. That? You sir. Win. That is it. Resident Son Evil. Son of a bitch. <laughs> the Dan, first one. I don't yeah. remember. I knew one of them was there. It is the first one. The first oh, one came out in 1996 so... on the PlayStation. How dumb are we? No. There's <laughs> <laughs> only a few games that are on PS1 and, and right. uh, Saturn. Saturn. Let, let, so let me go over though. the rest of the questions for you just from a trivia aspect that would have come. The uh, title that we call it here in the States, Resident Evil, is not what it's called in Japan Biohazard. and other Asian countries. It's called Biohazard over there. Uh there's been uh, comics for it. There's been animated movies for it. And there's been real life movies for it that are pretty poor. So that would have been one of your clues. Started out as a third person title. It has been moved and evolved into a first person game in the most recent titles and rumored to be on the next one. And the latest remake of it, which is Resident Evil 2, comes out in 2019. That's so, good. Yeah. That's yeah. a good one. That yeah, was that's fun. That's fun. 
Yeah, yeah. arguably one of the better ones, in my opinion. Dude, that, is, yeah. that is way harder when you're on the spot. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's tough. Yeah. So you guys will get to stump us as we get through, uh, as these come up. We'll see who comes up next. I think uh, Ains or maybe Dan, you could host that on the next one and kind of try to stump us on some of them. But all right, folks, that is our BitCast for this week. So thanks for joining us on uh, BitCast 35. We hope you got something out of the news. Let us know what your thoughts are on the news, maybe the Game Awards or on Sony not attending E3 in any form at all this year. Hopefully you got something out of Name That Game. Maybe did you guess that game before Dan guessed it at question number six is where we got to on there. I think one of the things we'll turn into a fun thing here is how many questions, what's the record on the least questions someone can guess the title. Uh, but uh, once again, thanks for joining us. Dan, where can we find you? I am here on Season Gaming. <laughs> e. Rodriguez, WDSC on Twitter. And uh, I have a new podcast called Third Wheel Arcade. Check it out if you have time. Nice. Uh, appreciate it, guys. Yep, and eights. Real quick, Porsche Power everywhere. Uh, check out the new Season Gaming site, which just launched yesterday. It's still uh, things being added to it, but it's a new format. Hope you like it. Um, we have some new content on our YouTube channel. Bert did a uh, review or unboxing of the Wireless Power A controller for the Nintendo Switch. I did an unboxing of the Fallout 76 uh, Power Armor Edition, which we talked about. And then next week, the three of us, We'll be launching a new show titled Backseat Gaming, uh, likely launching next Friday and an episode coming every Friday from there on out. It's been a lot of fun despite our technical issues and getting this up and running for you guys so far. So keep an eye out for that. And you can follow Backseat Gaming on Twitter as well. Uh, it's Backseat SG. All right. Thanks, everybody. Have a good one.